I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello, welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport. And Catherine Whitaker and myself are here just ahead of the night session on Arthur Ashe Stadium Court. And we are basically on the roof of Arthur Ashe Stadium Court, effectively the, the very back row of this 23,000-seater mammoth stadium. And it is where we used to come years ago when I was first coming here to look at the sunsets uh, over Manhattan. You could come up here and you could look into the distance and it would be absolutely gorgeous, orange skies and, and just the most wonderful scene for photographs to, to send back to my parents, Catherine. Now that they built this roof on, you can't see any of that. But I have to say, I'm quite glad they've got a roof on because today it has not stopped raining pretty much from ball one. It's also where the men with sniper rifles stand. Have you ever spotted them? I have, actually. And, and I must admit, I sort of creeped, crept up here hoping that nobody would uh, realise that I don't actually have the correct accreditation probably <laughs> to be here. Uh, but anyway, they seem to be all right about me being up here. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's the most enormous structure above us, white metal beams holding up this canvas roof up above and I mean it is only a few meters above us right now Catherine there are spotlights darting around the rafters here as they prepare for the night session because Roger Federer is going to be playing in the second match by the time you hear this you will already know the results of that I will come back at the end of this show to to update you on exactly what happened um, and who knows maybe it'll be a, some exciting match but he's playing Francis Tiafo so it'll be interesting but the day that we have had despite the rain has already been quite interesting hasn't it because we lost the defending champion on the women's side yeah we did and uh, it feels a bit of deja vu saying this it's the upset that's not an upset it's the scoreline that was an upset for me. I, 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 I know this is, this is going to sound uh, very easy to say after the fact. I, I did think she would lose today. Um, Osaka is precisely the first round of the opponent. She didn't want New York. Fell in love with Naomi Osaka today. I mean, the stage was set for her perfectly after what happened last year in the third round to, to Madison Keys. I vividly remember the podcast 
we recorded after that when I reported seeing her sobbing uh, in the hallways after throwing away a 5-1 lead in the deciding set of that match. So the stage was perfectly set for her to have a, a redemptive moment on Arthur Ashe today to, to beat the defending champion Kerber again. I'm going to sound like a broken record, but just looked hollow behind the eyes. Just so little fight in her, so little, so little of all the, the things that mark her out as a champion I was sat in the photographer's pit for the second set just down below where her her team her box were and uh, the stress and tension emanating from that box was extraordinary all their faces were just going god don't let it happen again no and of course it did happen again and uh, she's so gloriously unfiltered Naomi Osaka isn't she she you know she admitted straight away in her post-match interview on court that as she uh, trudged to the back of the court leading 4-1 all she was telling herself was don't let it happen again don't let it happen again and she didn't and she's a star in the making She's a fascinating character and I had the, the pleasure, the, the opportunity to, to speak to her afterwards for BBC Radio 5 Live and uh, we can have a little listen to that now. It's really satisfying, like especially playing against a defending champion. It's something I've never done before and also I heard that it's my first top 10 win so to like knock three things out in one day is really cool. It is pretty cool. Also pretty cool, I think, is I was seeing that one of the people you admire, idolise, was Serena Williams. You're not this week, but in the past you would have shared locker rooms with people like Serena Williams, Venus Williams this fortnight. What is that like for you? Mm, well, I've seen Serena in the locker room before. She was like out. Um, <laughs> I just, I got really nervous and I just like hugged the wall and tried to be invisible because I was kind of like, oh, can I say hi? Will she think like I'm a crazy fan person, you know? Um, but yeah, I think it's really cool to have people like them around, especially since I grew up watching them. Um, and I know like hopefully they'll be around for like more and more years but if not i would have the chance to say that i've played against them and did you sailor yeah i did and then um and then she said hi and she was really nice but then like the other time i got really nervous again i don't know why so then i just like i just like pretended i was on my phone (laughs) (laughs) this is becoming a theme because i've i've looked on your twitter feed and it says that every time i press follow i want to scream why is that because I don't know if people are, like, judging me and stuff, you know? Um, and then also, I don't know if I follow them and I see them in real life. I can't really say hi and stuff because I think that I'm bothering them. So it's just, like, a little bit awkward. A little bit awkward. Uh, you also say on Twitter in your profile that uh, that you make you play tennis and you make jokes that nobody gets. What sort of jokes? I can't really think of them on the spot. Oh, you know what I was saying to the Japanese team, right? We were playing Fed Cup, and then I was saying, you know the knock-knock joke that's like orange, orange, or banana, banana, and orange thing? Mm-hmm. You know that joke, right? Yeah. Okay, so do I... Want, do you want to tell that joke? Okay, so I was like, knock-knock. Who's that? Uh, banana. Banana who? Knock-knock. Mm, Who's there? Banana. Banana who? Knock-knock. Who's there? Orange. Aren't you? Aren't you glad I didn't see banana? <laughs> That's very good. Okay, so very good. Enjoyed that. That worked for me. Um, well, many congratulations. We'll we'll look forward to seeing your progress and your jokes in the future. Oh no, I worry for you if you're looking forward to my jokes. Well, you know, you've got to look forward to something, haven't you? <laughs> okay.
So there's Naomi Osaka. She's she's a lot of fun. I mean, the, the, basically, uh, first time I've ever spoken to her, it felt like nothing was off limits. As though, you know, she was almost... You, in her eyes, you could feel like she was almost inviting you to ask her something a bit different and a bit off the wall. And, and then she would have an opportunity to just go with, frankly, whatever came into her mind. And I think... I mean, you've, you've been around her more than I have. Is that, is that the feeling that you've had? Oh, 100%. She's one of those people that fills a press room. I mean, not only because of the, the volume of Japanese journalists, who I'm sure are delighted in the absence of Kei Nishikori to, to have something so excited, so exciting to write about, but because of all the reasons you just said. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I know I'm getting really ahead of myself here, but she's in a great section of the draw, and uh, the first real seeded challenge she could now face would be Elena Ostapenko in the fourth round and I desperately desperately want to see that match yeah well and, and I can all subsequent interviews surrounding that match I, I just I want I want everything to do with that match there are so many similarities to me between the two of them I mean in terms of their game style it is a, an, an incident I should just say people are filing into the into the arena now we, we've we've shifted over a little bit here because Catherine's going to be talking to uh, the Eurosport masses to present the evening's entertainment and uh, they've just turned the uh, the music on as you can hear yeah, they've, they've got me in instead of Shania tonight I'm both cheaper and more succinct Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Yes, Shania Twain. So, Catherine, are we going to get a little version of uh, what you might be able to produce by contrast? No, (laughs) 
No, no, we're not. Okay, fine, that's that then. Uh, Well, anyway, we've moved position again because it was getting rather loud. And uh, also, the match is just getting underway, um, the first of the evening session. Catherine, just to, to look back on that match that Naomi Osaka played against Angelique Kerber it, it, it feels like we've, we've come full circle in a way from the Angelique Kerber reign really it feels like that's pretty much brought it to a close this time last year she was the dominant player she won this tournament in wonderfully wonderful scenes um, but you've talked about a number of times how she's looked uncomfortable with that mantle I actually spoke today in commentary on BBC Five Live to Andrea Hlavachkova, who's known her since she was just 12 years old, and she said she, she's been playing as if she's had a blanket over her at times, as though she doesn't want anybody to see her, as though she'd really just rather shrink out of the way because it just, it just isn't comfortable to her. And, and I think that that's very well put, to be honest. Yeah, as if she's stifled by the whole experience. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked numerous times about how I find it quite... Uh, a sad, uncomfortable experience watching her play tennis and I had very mixed emotions because I was so excited by Osaka's performance but there just wasn't any fight in Kerber there was certainly an element of relief when she lost, I think the psychology now is going to be interesting because as you say, the, the reign is over that period of her being the person to beat having the mantle, having to defend things all the time, that's over now this is really the last thing that that she was defending and in the big matches now the really big matches she is going to go back to being a slight underdog and uh, I'm not sure she'll ever go back mentally to where she was before but hopefully she can readjust enough to to love the the sport again because it, it it's really quite horrible watching somebody that's fallen out of love if not with the sport in general certainly with playing playing the sport just at the moment and uh, yeah maybe she <laughs> it seems like time off seems to be the answer to everything doesn't it I mean I'm sure there's an awful lot of people listening who have uh, jobs they don't love all the time who'd love to be able to say I'll oh, just pack it in for six months and come back fresh but you know these guys to a certain extent do have that luxury and uh, yeah but <laughs> there is a strong argument for it for, for physical and, and psychological reasons I suppose so it's going to be interesting to see what she does for the rest of the season. It is. Uh, one of the other things I spoke to Andrea Hlavachka about is Karolina Pliskova being world number one and how she would handle it and deal with it. And she felt that she may have some difficulties just because it's not going to be something that's natural necessarily for her to want to be in the spotlight, in the centre of attention. Yeah, I... Th- well, there's two things, aren't there? There's the pressure and there's the centre of attention thing. I think she's she's fine with the pressure I think I'm not saying she doesn't feel it I just think she's she's programmed slightly differently I, I I don't get the impression that she's acting this cool as a cucumber vibe I really think she is that she embodies that and uh yeah doesn't mean she doesn't feel any pressure but I think she handles it very well the limelight aspect of of being at the top is different I think she is a little less comfortable with all of that but I don't think it's going to be an Angelique Kerber situation, far from it. How long she is at the top is another question altogether. There's still five other women in the draw, as things stand at the moment, that can that can take it from her and will take it from her unquestionably unless she reaches the final here. But she was very, very good 
uh, in her opening match against Magdalenette uh, earlier on today. Indeed. Also, Andrea Hlavatskova agreed with me that Garbine Magarutha, by contrast, would be absolutely fine with being world number one. You know, that she wants to get there, she wants to hold that mantle, and that she could, yeah, really feel comfortable with that. Yeah, she'd be comfortable with the pressure, comfortable with the limelight, comfortable with all of it. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, other matches that went on today, there weren't that many. I mean, look, there was so, there was so much rain. Basically, they cancelled play completely at about 3.30 this afternoon. But one match we did get in uh, on the men's side was Rafael Nadal against Dusan Lajevic, who I love watching. He's a little bit Stan Wawrinka-like. He has a single-handed backhand, but he also has the sort of Popeye forearm that can generate power on the forehand side and, and he went for it against Nadal today he was a breakup early on he very nearly got the first set on the board Nadal looked pretty rattled to me looked pretty stressed because he's had a few weeks where he hasn't been in the greatest touch and I even felt the same when he was doing the pre-match interview with Brad Gilbert that there was there was a a strain on his face because there's, there was an unknown he's coming in as world number one he desperately wants to have a proper run here and go all the way if he can he settled into the match and eventually got to the point I think that he wanted to be at Is this the point at which I point out that you predicted that precisely that would happen on Twitter just before the match Did I? <laughs> you did I forgot that You did Yeah What did I say? Yeah and then, and then just in case nobody had noticed that you sort of you didn't retweet yourself but you 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 did the quoting a tweet thing and said from a different account from, from the tennis podcast yeah. account it, that that's was, quite clever wasn't it yeah subtle really subtle <laughs> and just to back it up Catherine's now outed me on air <laughs> that it was me who'd done that and that's exactly what happened so yeah I just wanted to make sure you all knew that I got something right because it doesn't happen that often but anyway Rafael Nadal was, uh, was, was impressive but quite interesting I've just been noticing a couple of the quotes that have been reported from Nadal talking about Andy Murray today uh, that he was saying that he found it a little strange that, that, that Murray pulled out um, after the draw had been made and, and wondered why he didn't do it maybe the next day, you know, leaving him even more time. I think perhaps that people are reading a little more into his words than maybe he intended. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, I, I mean, again, I still stand by the fact that, or the, the view that I just don't think it even occurred to Andy Murray. I just think he waited until he felt... I don't feel physically fit enough to play this tournament and win it. And then he made his decision. I don't think there was anything untoward about it, really. Yeah, I'm, su I'm surprised that Nadal got dragged into that topic. I would have thought he'd steer clear of it with a huge, long barge pole attached to another barge pole. Um, I'm sure the British journos who've got nothing to write about are absolutely delighted that they gave that they uh, he gave them an Andy Murray related story to write about what four days after he announced his withdrawal from the tournament. Uh, I spoke to Simon Briggs earlier and he was delightedly telling me about the 800 words uh, he had been given to write about Cameron Norrie's dad. So that will be in the Telegraph tomorrow. It actually sounds like a really great piece. It is. Well, I'm looking forward to it already.
Uh, he says he says uh, his editor, sports editor, is Telegraph, is a Glaswegian and is now he's got really into Cameron Norrie and his dad apparently. So, Excellent. Well, yeah. we'll look forward to that. Uh, and Cameron Norrie's in action tomorrow. He's got his second round match. I mean, I think there were I, I read there were eighty seven matches on the schedule tomorrow. That's how many they need to catch up on. Um, suddenly lots of matches that would have been earlier in the day are going to be pushed out and the days are going to go on the day is going to go on forever on so many different courts tomorrow it'll make for an incredible atmosphere under the lights if the weather's decent you're going to have probably four or five courts maybe more played deep into the night aren't you yeah, I think it's going to be a classic day tomorrow. Today, like I think we'll we will feel like we've earned that because today, as much of a a huge privilege it has been to have the roof on Arthur Ashe, it has been a bit strange. I mean, the joy of these opening days of a slam are what's going on in the outside courts, I, I believe. You know, being able to dip into Arthur Ashe, but also knowing you know that there's something interesting happening in all corners of the place and there was nothing at all happening in any corners of the place today let alone anything interesting incidentally we're we're recording in the early stages of the madison keys elise mertens match why on earth is this stadium not full where is everyone uh, getting their latest hot dog uh, i I can say from personal experience there are very few places to to be outside arthur ash stadium that are undercover here so if you've got a ticket for Arthur Ashe tonight and I believe it's close to a sellout why on earth would you not be in here watching tennis I I genuinely don't understand I'm asking the question well I I do feel that because Federer is second on the schedule that they probably are viewing that as their main course She's she's American Catherine Whittaker up in arms you hear that America she's talking to you am I allowed to ask the question of why Jeannie Bouchard is uh, opening play on Arthur Ashe tomorrow. They've got effectively two whole days of play to squeeze into one. Five spots on Arthur Ashe available, and they've given one to two unseeded Jeannie Bouchard and Evgenia Radina. Yeah, I, f- I find that strange. Help, help me out. I don't. I don't. I don't know why. I, I'm very surprised that that has taken place. That has taken place. I, th- I don't agree with that. I must say, you know, Bouchard is in no sort of form at all. As you say, unseeded, hasn't done anything really much for quite a long time. So, yeah, scratching my head about that one because there are a lot of matches that do feature players that have done quite a lot recently. Anyway, uh, anything else? Go on, Catherine. Well, just, I mean, Coco Vanderway. Pop her on. Catherine Whittaker has made her decision as to what the alternative schedule well, would that be. That was the first one that popped in. I mean, there were probably 20 that could go on ahead of that, but that was the first one that popped into my mind. Not happy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, other matches on tomorrow that, that take the eye. Talking of Canadians on Arthur Ashe Stadium, did you notice that Denis Shapovalov is the Arthur Ashe Stadium court match tomorrow night against Joe Wilfred Songa. Did I? I was speculating uh, hugely at lunch today about whether that would be the night session match and laying the groundwork for being appalled if it wasn't, but I don't have to be appalled. <laughs> so they got that one right then? They got that one right, yeah. Big time. Catherine Whittaker, seal of approval. <laughs> um, the, uh, that, that will be an interesting one. I, I got a chance to speak to him on Five Live uh, yesterday and he, he's just such a refreshing guy to talk he's to. Win it. I think he's going to win it. Well, the whole title. No, I think he's going to win that match. See, I've got Songa winning that match. Yeah, I'm sure most people people do, and I, I'm I'm sure I'm getting carried away, and I'm wrong, but I just think he's going to win it. 
Okay, Count Hermitica. Uh, so, <laughs> the, yeah, Dennis is on uh, the Arthrastonian court. He was, he was funny when he was talking about um, when he used to come or used to watch this tournament as a kid and he played the doubles here. He won the doubles, I think, as a, as a junior. And uh, he was talking about his mate Felix, you know, the young Canadian chap that he was rooming with. Yeah. What? Felix Double A. Uh, how do you say his full name? Felix Auger Aliassim. Thank goodness Catherine Whitaker knew that one, because I didn't. Uh, I can tell you that. Um, but I'm going to have to learn it pretty sharpish. But anyway, this kid sounds like he's seriously talented. And you should have seen Dennis's eyes light up talking about his pal. You know, saying, oh, I'll tell you what, in a few years' time, this guy is going to be ready to cause some serious well, damage. They've already played a challenger final against one another, haven't they? And Auger Aliassim is 16. He's 16 years old. So, y- yeah, the future's bright future certainly is bright so we are he's not even next gen he's like something pre-next gen he's like next kindergarten gen or something i'm sure the atp are devising a new category as we speak well let's hope so uh i will come back and speak to you a little bit later after the roger federer match has concluded he's up against um uh, Mr. Tierfo, who uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing uh, against Roger Federer. But for now, Catherine, you're going to go and uh, get a few few winks of sleep before your latest uh, 4 a.m. alarm call or whatever it is tomorrow before your uh, Eurosport uh, commitments begin once again. Has it been a good day aside from rain, etc.? Yes. Uh, yeah, it has. It has been. It's not been an all-time great day at the U.S. Open. I'll be honest. I I do like sunshine, but um, it's it's still a day at the U.S. Open. So um, yeah, it it rates well against the average. It does. So let's see how Roger Federer has got on. Well, Roger Federer has won. But it was far from convincing, I can tell you that much. She won through in five sets against Francis Tierfo. And in all honesty, Federer was all over the place at times. It was it was one of the weirdest five set matches I think I've ever seen. He it was not a classic. The final set was quite exciting. But I mean just to take you through it, if you didn't see the match, um Federer got off to the most terrible start really really looking uncomfortable on the baseline he was off out of form he was his rhythm was was out and Tierfo played really well I thought he he was he was quick around the court he was hitting flashing winners but Federer's timing just wasn't there um and yeah I mean I think at that stage a lot of people thought a, uh, an upset was in the offing and then it completely changed in sets two and three Federer did start to play a lot lot better he started to get his timing TFO completely lost his timing and so there were two very unconvincing sets and uh, uncompetitive sets rather and it looked as if Federer would win very straightforwardly in four sets from there then he started to get rocked back on his heels by TFO who found some inspiration from somewhere I don't quite know where but he managed to get some adrenaline flowing the crowd started to get on his side a bit more so he went into a fifth set with Federer Federer raced out into a 4-1 lead in the decider um, and again it looked like it was going to be a pretty easy win from there in the fifth set at least and uh, and he was broken back again so he really didn't have that kind of routine-like brilliance that we so often see from him. The, the feel wasn't there. The timing wasn't there. 
I didn't feel like he looked as though he was moving that well. I, I, I had a little exchange with Todd Woodbridge, uh, the great Australian doubles player on, on Twitter, and he said, you know, he's trying to end these rallies too too quickly and, and the movement doesn't look quite right. So he wondered whether he was feeling his back. And quite a lot of people were wondering about the back, I think, because, of course, he, he certainly did have a problem um, in that final against uh, Alexander Zverev in Canada, ended up pulling out of Cincinnati and... Then we had the the on court interview for Federer afterwards when he'd won, and it was it was interesting because he he was relentlessly upbeat and positive. Um, he was refusing to get drawn into anything other than what a wonderful experience it had been to be play out and in the Arthur Ashe Stadium under the roof for the first time, um, and how he was feeling absolutely fine. And he admitted his preparation hadn't been completely ideal but you know he didn't give any suggestion that he was going to struggle the rest of the fortnight and let's be honest in in Australia he didn't exactly start off the tournament the first couple of rounds particularly well there he grew into the tournament and then suddenly had that third round against Thomas Burdick in which he was in, incredibly good one of the best performances I've ever seen from him so we know it doesn't take long for Federer to find his range if he's fully fit is he fully fit I don't know. And that's the big question mark for me about this. But anyway, we will look forward to future matches for him at the uh, US Open. I hope we get to see lots more of Francis Tierfo. He he's he's a lot of fun and uh, big future ahead if he can keep improving. But that's it from us on the tennis podcast at the US Open on day 2. We will be back again on day 3 with more reflection on Federer. We'll get Catherine's thoughts as well and we'll have lots more to discuss with 87 matches on the Wednesday. So, look forward to that. 